episode 49 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for a big show. Big show this week on Knicks and NBA Talk. How well do we time this up for you guys? I mean, are you kidding me? The Last Dance finishes two weeks ago. We get one little bye week, if you will. Not a lot going on, so we moved back to the draft, talked a little more draft stock, talked a little bit more about different prospects the Knicks are looking at. And uh, and you're probably thinking, oh boy, what is Sean going to talk about this week? Well, the news came just in time, both the good and the bad to talk about this week. The exciting part, obviously, is that the NBA is back. It's returning. We will be able to finish out the season. There will be an NBA champion, and there really can't be much better news than that. Uh, We'll get into that later on in the show. Uh, That'll be more of the second half. We'll talk about how all of the latest uh, news from Woj, uh, Shams, Ian Begley, how everyone's been reporting the different news around the NBA. We'll talk a little bit towards the end of the first segment uh, about what's going on with uh, the protests uh, and, of course, the different movements around the NBA as far as the the George Floyd situation and the great reaction. Some some bad, but most good, not only around the NBA, uh, but around the nation as well. Um, but I also have to talk about uh, the lack thereof, uh, as far as the movement is concerned, from James Dolan and the concerns reportedly going on throughout the Knicks organization because of that. Uh, but first... The biggest thing that we found out today as far as us as a Knicks podcast, as Knicks fans, is that the Knicks 2019-2020 season is officially over. The Knicks season is done. They will not play again. They obviously were not close enough to make the playoffs. Although thinking about it now, I was looking at the standings. Uh, Was it yesterday or the day before? I forget. And I remember thinking, you know, there was one point in the season where the Knicks were right there. They were in the mix for a playoff spot. And again, remember the the way it works, the Wizards are the only team outside in this 22-team format that get in. Um, The Knicks were only four games back of the Wizards. So if they maybe had played a little bit better... Who knows? The Knicks might have uh, found themselves in a crazy-looking NBA playoffs. But, you know, that's the, the uh, I guess, the overly optimistic side of me. The Knicks were not far off. However, uh, they will not be getting any shot to play in the NBA playoffs. Um, can't imagine if you're a Hornets fan <laughs> right now. You were only a game and a half out. Uh, it, but the Wizards, because they were within that eight-game, I think seven or eight-game threshold, um, they get in to the NBA playoffs at that nine position, along with the top eight teams, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, the Sixers, the Nets, and those pesky, pesky Orlando Magic. How does this affect the Knicks? Well, Ian Begley is always on it, and, and I remember I... When I first saw the news, my mind specifically went to this as well. Um, but also Adrian Wojnarowski really reported it first. And basically the situation 
got a little more interesting than I think even I had realized. Uh, again, the, just to give you the little precursor, uh, all 30 teams voted for this 22-team format to finish the season. Um, it's going to be in Orlando. Um, obviously, no fans will be in attendance. Only one team, 29 of the uh, 29 of the 30 teams voted yes. Um, the Blazers, believe it or not, were the only team that voted against the plan. Uh, and the Gordon Woj, the reason for that was because the franchise believed there were more competitive and innovative formats on the table, including one that addressed the upcoming NBA draft lottery odds based on regular season game results in Orlando. All right, you know, it's so not, not not exactly, a you know, um, a full explanation, but on, on its face, not a bad reason to vote no, I guess. But uh, regardless, this plan is going through. Enough teams voted for it. So, uh, and apparently, just to put a quick bookend on that, uh, part of the Portland vote went into feedback from the players. So whatever that's worth, if you're wondering, well, why did they come to that decision? Part of the decision was made with opinions from the team itself. Um, really quick thing on the format before we dive into the Knicks uh, situation specifically. Um, the preliminary expectations include a 16-day regular season, five to six games per day. Each team is expected to play one back-to-back among its eight regular season games. NBA Finals format expected to, to include games every other day during the best of seven series. So obviously they are trying to complete this. Again, this is all from Woj as quickly as possible. The tentative November 10th training camp slash December 1st season opener targets for next season, 2020-21, surface as a quick turnaround to many, including NBA, excuse me, NBA PA Executive Director of the Players Association, Michelle Roberts. She said, quote, I'm surprised to see it. Those dates are likely to require negotiation with the union, the latter part there from Woj. Specifically, the quote was just, I was surprised to see it. So a lot of stuff, obviously, still to figure out. I mean, there's no question about that. Listen, the deal with the lottery and the draft itself. Um, looks like the draft and the lottery are going to be in August. Uh, which makes sense. And then obviously they're looking for this quick turnaround in November to try and get the next season off the ground, the November 10th training camp, um, coming off an October 12th game seven. Uh, all of this, uh, again, with the, the NBA expecting to start the, you know, can restart this current season, I should say, on July 31st. That's the plan. How does this affect the Knicks? Well, According to Adrian Wojnarowski, one of the big things to come out from the news of that today is that President Leon Rose is starting to look at head coaches uh, even more earnestly to interview for the Knicks job. Remember last week, we did talk about some of those options that had been brought to the attention of different reporters throughout those couple of weeks leading up to really the big news of the offseason so far, which is, again, the NBA will come back on July 31st. Game 7 of the NBA Finals, if there is one, will be on October 12th. Really, the 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 biggest news that involving the Knicks, and again, I've been kind of debating how I want to 
how I want to go about this. Basically, and this is from multiple sources, the Knicks are interested in Mike Woodson. And listen, Tom Thibodeau is clearly the favorite. There's no question about that. But multiple sources now have said that it's not just going to be Tom Thibodeau. It's not just going to be uh, Kenny Atkinson. Uh, Mike Miller uh, reportedly is still very much alive for this position as well. But now you look ahead and a fourth name has been thrown out there as a possibility. And Mike Woodson uh, didn't exactly have me jumping for joy. Um, I saw mixed reactions from you guys on Twitter, um, which is kind of what I expected. Um, some of you remembering uh, some of the glory days from his, uh, I believe, three seasons, correct me if I'm wrong, as Nick's head coach, uh, coming up, believe it or not, close to a decade ago, if you can believe that, when he first got the job. I believe it was the 2012, or excuse me, 2011, 2012 season. He was brought on as an assistant coach. Crazy to think it's been that quick. Uh, quickly, how quickly all that time has gone by, I should say. But for the time being, that's where we're at. And now he's being considered to be brought back uh, as a possibility to be the Knicks head coach again. Uh, again, this is from Ian Begley specifically on Mike Woodson. And, what you know, Ian Begley's got some good stuff on the Knicks draft situation. We'll get to that in a second as well. Um, according to Ian Begley, the interviews are expected to begin soon. Um, and again, it's not just Thibodeau, not just Kenny Atkinson, not just Mike Miller. Multiple sources telling SNYZ Ian Begley that the Knicks would also like to interview Mike Woodson. The organization, some of the organizations say that David Fisdale had interest in adding Woodson to his staff while he was the head coach, but the idea was met with resistance elsewhere within the organization per SNY sources. So for all your all you Fisdale haters, I'm sure you're already kicking Mike Woodson back out the door. Uh, Fisdale worked for Woodson, obviously, as an assistant coach during his time in Atlanta, and the two developed a very close relationship. Fisdale has said that he considers Woodson an extremely important mentor in his career. SNY also reported some of the MSG would like to see Miller remain with the organization, even if the Knicks hire a different head coach. Rose was impressed by Miller during the brief period he observed the veteran coach per sources. The season was suspended less than two weeks after Rose officially took over as Knicks team president. A couple of notes quickly on Mike Woodson's time with the Knicks. Um, again, originally brought on under Mike D'Antoni as an assistant coach in August of 2011. March of 2012, Woodson was named the interim coach after Mike D'Antoni resigned his debut as interim coach. The Knicks lost 121-79 to the Portland Trailblazers. Woodson, though, became the full-time Knicks head coach uh, a couple months later in May. May 25th, 2012, the Knicks ended the season going 18-6 and six during Woodson's final few weeks of the interim job. Or I should say, when he was named the full-time head coach, they did well, 18-6. and six. They finished uh, the season 36-30, and 30. and the big thing was the Knicks made the playoffs that season. However, they would lose in five games to the Miami Heat. Then the magical 2012-2013 season... 
And of course, and I had to double check this because it feels like it's been forever since the Knicks have been any good. Knicks went 54 and 28 that season, second best record in the East. Uh, the team was humming that season with the likes of Carmelo Anthony, surrounded by great role players like Steve Novak, Raymond Felton, Kenyon Martin, Kurt Thomas, Mike, uh, me, Mike maybe, Jason Kidd. Um, and others I'm forgetting, uh, J.R. Smith, of course, was on that team as well, uh, got Copeland on that team, um, a lot of, lot of strong, Tyson Chandler, you know, Amari Stoudemire, it was a really good Knicks team in 2012-2013, again, 54-28 and 28 that season, uh, for, again, a Knicks team that, we haven't seen anything like it. They won the division that season, second in the East, uh, dispatched the Boston Celtics that season as well. Um, and a couple names that I actually uh, forgot on the roster as well, not just uh, Chris Copeland, Raymond Felton, Pablo Prigioni, Iman Shumpert, Marcus Camby as well. I believe it was the oldest team in the NBA that season, but they still went on to win 54 games. There was just something special about that team. You felt like they had a good run in them. You felt like they could maybe even give the, the Heat a run for their money. I believe the Knicks beat the Heat four times that season and swept them in all their meetings. Uh, however, uh, despite beating the Celtics in six games in the first round, they lost in six games to the Indiana Pacers, who went on to give the Heat a pretty decent series, to be fair in the Eastern Conference Finals. It was a great season. There's no question about that. I think that's the only reason Mike Woodson's being brought back up again here. Uh, people do forget uh, a lot the 2013-2014 season, um, especially the start of that. The Knicks went 3-13 and to start that season. Team, The team never got back on the on the horse after that. They never really figured it out after those first 16 games. I believe they finished, uh, let me double check this, with a 37-45 and 45 record. And that was the first time the Knicks had missed the playoffs, believe it or not, in four seasons. And in April of 2014, Mike Woodson was fired. So a quick ascendancy. Remember that 18-6 and six record really kind of gave Mike Woodson a lot of collateral to work with as the Knicks head coach, and he used it well. He continued to keep the team on the rise. Despite an older roster, they performed well above expectations the next season to win 54 games, one of the highest win totals in some time in franchise history. They didn't get as far as we thought they were going to get. I think many people, including myself, thought that they would get past the Pacers uh, that season and get to the Eastern Conference Finals and then probably, to be honest, probably lose to the Heat in that Eastern Conference Finals. That was the uh, the almost, almost combined names there. The Wade Bosch LeBron Heat in 2012-2013. I believe that was their first championship was that season. They went on to beat, I believe, if I got my years right, the OKC Thunder that season, the uh, Durant-Westbrook-Harden year where they had their best season and made it to the NBA Finals. So they had that great season, but it quickly collapsed on Mike Woodson. They just didn't do uh, do enough things to keep the roster 
or to get the roster into a better place during the offseason. It quickly started to fall apart under Mike Woodson. And again, 3-13 and through the first 16 games. Tried his best to right the ship and get the Knicks back into the playoffs. But 37-45 and that season was just not good enough. And he got fired for, and, of course, didn't make the playoffs. So, as far as him being reconsidered, um, it makes me very skeptical of the other options for the Knicks. How interested is Tom Thibodeau? How interested is Kenny Atkinson? You know, Mike Miller's obviously interested. He wants a head coaching job again in the NBA. Um, is part of this reactionary to the George Floyd situation? I had many of you bring that up on social media. I, I, God, I hope it's not. I really don't. Uh, I really hope that's not the case. I really hope that they're doing that because they do because they they think legitimately that Mike Woodson could do a good job for the franchise. Um, because again, he's had playoff success with not only the Knicks, although for a brief period of time, but obviously with the Hawks as well in the previous head coaching job before he was an assistant coach with the Knicks. And to be fair, he went on to be a solid assistant coach for four or five seasons with the Clippers under Doc Rivers. So. Again, Mike, Mike Woodson's a veteran. He's been through this before. But I, I again, the, the whole, I, I hope it's not the latter, you know, because of the situation that happened in Minnesota, that the Knicks are doing this for a PR stunt, because as much as that would be classic Knicks incompetence, it would just be uh, crossing the line, to say the least. You should be doing this because Mike Woodson has experience, he's been a head coach with this franchise before, he's had some success with the franchise before, and you think that he could maybe do it again. Remember, Mike Woodson coached the Knicks for their best season in the last 20 years. No one else has had a better season as the Knicks head coach since 2000, when Jeff Van Gundy was the head coach. So, you know, that's my thought, is maybe that's the reason. Maybe they think that Mike Woodson knows this franchise, he's had some success with this franchise. In the last 20 years, he's he's been he was the coach of the best Knicks team of the last 20 years. As crazy as that is to say, at least during the, the regular season. He's the guy. So you look at that and you're thinking, alright, maybe maybe we interview him and see where we where he where he thinks we can take it. We'll see. You know, I I, I get again. I really hope it's not because of the latter, but it makes it. I'll say this. I can see a reason to consider Mike Woodson. But if Tom Thibodeau wants the job, you got to give it to Tom Thibodeau. He's had much more consistent success as a head coach in the NBA. But the other part of me thinks is, you know, is Mike Woodson being considered because they're not sure if Thibodeau and Atkinson want this. And again, remember, the other two candidates that have been brought up in the past have been Jeff Van Gundy, which would be again, he'd be the coach again, and Mark Jackson as well. Many in the organization think that those two guys, above anybody else, would be the best options. And I tend to agree. Now, Begley also mentions this little monkey wrench being thrown in as well. John Calipari has apparently not been taken off the table. His relationship with Rose is very close. 
And apparently, despite public statements uh, contradicting this, <laughs> Leon Rose is not could you know might not be afraid to pull the trigger on that. Which would, in my opinion, be insane. I think I would be. What are you thinking, John Calipari? Oh, goodness! I, I would be very disappointed. I'm not a big fan of, of John Calipari. I must say, and, and that's for for a number of reasons. Most of it, to be fair, off the court reasons. But to be honest, he also had his chance in the NBA. It didn't go too well, although that was a long time ago. It's a tough argument, but when there's these other guys on the table, it's difficult because Thibodeau is the high is definitely the most coveted, I would think, from the Knicks. And multiple reports back that up. But Mark Berman of the New York Post said that the Knicks could have some competition. The Nets are thinking of Tom Thibodeau, and the Rockets are thinking of Tom Thibodeau as well. So that makes me think Mike Woodson might be a safety net here. They're thinking, hey, Mike Woodson is stuck around. He's been an assistant coach on good teams in the NBA the last four or five years. If we can't get our guys, we can't get Thibodeau, if we can't get Atkinson, if we can't get Van Gundy, if we can't get Jackson, and my and if you know Leon Rose said, well, my pal John Calipari doesn't want to leave Kentucky, maybe we'll give it to Mike Woodson. And that, to me would be a huge disappointment. It'd be a huge disappointment. And again, it says it's nothing against Mike Woodson. But it's it's you look at who's available. And if you end up with Mike Woodson, you've swung and missed big time four times. And it would just be another disaster for the Knicks. It really would be. Just from a basketball standpoint, a disaster. It really would be. When you look at Tom Thibodeau being the number one option and you end up with Mike Woodson, it, it, would, be, it would be really bad. There's no question about that. Now, the other situation, before we take a break, that I want to touch on is the Knicks lottery situation at the moment. Still could very much be up in the air, but at the time for the time being, obviously, the Knicks season is done. They're not going to play. They're done. 14 lottery teams would be the eight teams that do not participate in the restart. Again, this is from Ian Begley. The Knicks and the six teams that participate do not qualify for the playoffs at the end of the regular season. In turn, their seeding and odds will be based on records through the games of March 11th. So the rest of the teams, for the 16 playoff teams, they would draft in inverse order of their combined records across regular season games and the seeding games, which we played in Orlando, the Knicks, who are 21 and 45, currently have the sixth worst record, so they will remain in that position for the lottery. So if the Nets, uh, sorry, if the Wizards go 0 and 8 in their regular season games at Disney World, they wouldn't finish lower in the final standings than Charlotte, Chicago, or New York. So keep that in mind. One other quick stat to bring up before we take a break: current lottery odds, Knicks have an 8.6% chance of landing the sixth pick and a 9% chance of landing the top pick, they would have a 37% chance of landing a top four pick. And a quick reminder, the lottery is on August 25th and the draft is on October 15th. So it's a lot to throw at you right there with the numbers, but I think the bottom line there 
is simply the Knicks can't do anything else. They can't get any, you know, they can't tank anymore. Season's over. They're stuck with what they've got. Um, and to be fair, again, they would have been, if you win a little bit more, you maybe couldn't, you know, get into the playoffs. But regardless, um, you know, nothing the Knicks could control, really. Mike, you can't put that on Mike Miller. He has no idea that any of this is going to happen. If he had known, maybe the Knicks would have tried to win more games. Who knows? But um, in the end, the Knicks are stuck in that sixth spot. There's a chance they can move up. I mean, there's a significant chance they could move up. Um, small chance they get the number one pick, but you never know. And this is the difficult part about the lottery we've seen with Cleveland. You know, in years past, they they dropped far down. You know, in years under the in, in the year under the new lottery format last year, and the Knicks dropped two spots. Whereas other teams like the Bulls, you know, worked out probably a little bit worse. Than, than that so it depends it really who knows and obviously the Pelicans hit the jackpot last year getting the number one overall pick uh, when it looked like they were probably going to get the fourth pick or maybe even the fifth pick so it all can get jumbled around that's why I think everyone wanted the lottery changes so it's not a foregone conclusion on draft night who's going to pick first try to you know stop or at least slow down tanking in the NBA so we'll see a long term how well that works out. But for the time being, the Knicks are stuck. They're going to interview Tom Thibodeau. They're going to interview Kenny Atkinson. They're going to interview Mike Miller. And they're going to interview Mike Woodson. So only thing I can say is hopefully the Knicks can figure this out. They can get the guy they want. Hopefully Tom Thibodeau, in my opinion, or Kenny Atkinson. And they go forward and go full steam ahead into this upcoming draft with Scott Perry in place, with Leon Rose in place, with a head coach in place, and they kick ass in the draft, and they start getting better players onto this roster to begin, to really begin the rebuild we've been waiting for with this franchise. Let me take a break there. When we come back, the bigger picture, the NBA playoffs, the seeding games, who could win this thing? Uh, does it mean anything for the Orlando Magic that it's in Orlando? Uh, and we'll dive into some other of the, of the takes uh, going forward with that and this, the James Dolan situation uh, alongside with George Floyd. All that and more coming up next. Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Part two of the show. With a lot still to talk about. Again, it was a heavy Knicks first half of the show with, again, a lot to get to. It's been, I hate to say exciting. The news from the NBA has been exciting, but the news around sports and the sporting world outside of things, and then obviously our world in general with the things going on, with the, still obviously battling with COVID-19, and now with the protests for racial injustice around the country, it's listen it, i think part of it is sad because it has to happen it's sad because george floyd's life was sacrificed for this to happen really uh in just a heinous act of violence by those four minnesota police officers there's no other way to 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 say it it's 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 murder and the, the way that it's impacted not only us in general but the sports world has been powerful and it's great to see more more and more people 
standing up for what's right. However, um, part of me wishes this was the kind of stuff we would have been talking about when it was Trayvon Martin and even well before that. Um, so many names that even go further back than that. Um, and some many that we don't even talk about, that we just don't have the recordings of what actually happened. Um, so that makes what's happened with the James Dolan situation that much more frightening, honestly, to me. Um, and I, I was very... <sighs> sad. Um, disappointed. Uh, maybe not surprised. Um, just, I, when I read about this, I, I think my first thought was, my, my first thought was, really? This was the time that you got to stand up. You know, you didn't do it in the past. You know, many of us haven't in the past, or at least not enough, you know, because this is still happening. You know, we all have to take responsibility for that as a society, you know, and the fact that James Dolan hasn't said anything about this, the fact that the Knicks really haven't said anything about this, um, yeah, there's been, you know, emails sent around, apparently, um, there's been rumors about what Jim Dolan has said to people, you know, in MSG, in MSG offices, uh, and things like that, um, which have not looked good at all, but the fact that the players are starting to, to see what's going on, I mean, Pablo Torre, I think was the first tweet I saw from this, uh, geez, let me get the right, uh, day on this, apologies for me stumbling through this, just, I'm, I, I find it so difficult when it's, you know, when it's my team, you know, and it's just not being handled right, this was on Monday from Pablo Torre of ESPN, he says, quote, I'm, this is on Twitter, I'm, quote, I'm told that Knicks players and employees are furious, the team hasn't made a public statement about George Floyd, and I just obtained the email that Dolan, sent to MSG employees today defending the organization's decision to stay silent. This is the email that I uh, that I was referencing earlier. Some people were actually circulating an email, I think, that wasn't directly the same one, I think. I'm not 100%. Don't quote me on that one. I, I just saw, I, maybe, to be honest, it might have been a parody or something like that, a parody account that was trying to make fun of it. Uh, regardless, this is what it said. It's a quote. We know that some of you have asked about whether our company is going to make a public statement about the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer. I want you to know I realize the importance of this issue. Therefore, I want you to understand our internal position. This is a turbulent time in our country. The coronavirus and civil unrest have taken their toll on our way of life. We at Madison Square Garden stand by our values of a respectful and peaceful workplace. We always will. As companies in the business of sports and entertainment, however, we are not more, or we are not any more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinion on social matters. What's important is how we operate. Our companies are committed to upholding our values, which include creating a respectful workplace. It's, it's repeating the same thing. Uh, workplace for all, and that will never change. What we say to each other matters. How we treat each other matters. 
And that's what will get us through this difficult time. So much wrong with that statement. So much. Um, I can't tell you how ridiculous, how ignorant, how tone deaf James Dolan's statement is. Um, first of all, he repeats the same thing twice in the statement. Can't, can't find any other words for it, so he repeats the same thing twice. That's not even close to the biggest problem with it, but I want to point that out because even people of power can't write a freaking email to their employees. It's absolutely ridiculous. Can't even write a proper email. You have to repeat the same thing twice because you think everybody's just going to bow down and believe what you say. And th- like it's, ridic- it's so ignorant. It's unbelievable. But what's even more frustrating is no one's asking for your opinion. We don't want you to come out and say, you know, well, this is what I think of this. But the Knicks organization should show support. The players want to show support. Like, talk to your team. Talk to your your president. Talk to your GM. Talk to your, your, your coaching staff. You, you've got to be better than this. This is awful from James Dolan. It doesn't get much worse than this. Holding a, pe- a respectful and peaceful workplace, this is not respectful at all of the situation. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely atrocious. It's important how we... What, he says what's important is how we operate. This is not how you should be operating. So it is important how you operate, but you're not doing it the right way. The fact that the Knicks have not said anything about this publicly and then try to defend it with that shows you all you need to know about James Dolan as a person and how terribly he's run the New York Knicks. This is maybe the dumbest thing he's ever sent out in his time as Knicks owner. This makes no sense. Totally, utterly misreading of the situation. Not taking anything into account that involves his players. Not more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinion on social matters. Then offer your support. You have no idea how much this is hurting your players. And you're committed to upholding your values. What the hell are your values? If this is what you're sending to your staff at MSG. Oh, it really is. It's, it's, it's like the whiteout Wednesday shit. Pardon my French that I've been seeing all day. Uh, the other, I guess it would be yesterday. Two days ago, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, the day it comes out. What the hell is wrong with this country? What the heck is wrong with this world? Where you got people tweeting that crap out. Holy smokes. And and this is not helping. This James Dolan email is a slap in the face is a slap in the face to George Floyd and anyone that wants to see change in this country in a positive way for not only African Americans, for all my all for all minorities. It's absolutely absolutely unacceptable and us as Knicks fans I'm glad we're seeing people call him out because this is this can't stand this is crossing a line 
And good on the players, good on the MSG staff for speaking up about this. Now, according to uh, Stephen Bondi of the New York Daily News, James Dolan is a Trump supporter and donor. He pledged $300,000 to Trump's 2016 campaign and then donated $125,000 to get him reelected. Whatever you think about Donald Trump, and this is, we're trying to make this as, you know, down the, down the middle as we can politically. Because again, pol- politics, for those, for those shut up and dribble idiots out there, politics and sports are like peanut butter and jelly. For, it's been like that for decades. They mix together. It happens. Whether you like it or not, it's a thing. We're human beings. Things like that merge together. But the other thing to consider here is, you know, James Dolan is a supporter of a president that has been trying to stop these protests. Whether, again, whatever you think about Donald Trump, positively or negatively out there, and this is not the place to judge that, but this is a man that's trying to stop people from speaking out and speaking their minds about this, and that includes athletes. That includes NBA players. Steven Jackson was one of the first people I saw out there, former NBA player, now analyst with ESPN, I believe still, talking about what's going wrong with this situation, how this has got to be enough. This has to be enough. We can't keep doing this. James Dolan has donated to the other, to, to the, you know, the side that wants people to stop talking about this. And... That hurts. That hurts me. It really does. Regardless, I feel for the Knicks players. I feel for the Knicks employees. I feel for Knicks fans. I feel for all NBA fans and I feel for all people that are going through that continue to go through these situations day in and day out through their entire lives. I feel for the minorities, the African-American community that keeps losing its members, keeps losing its people, I should say, through these just indescribable acts of violence. But what Nick's, for specifically for this podcast, what Nick's fans must be going through, what Nick's players must be going through, where it's just, it's dead silent, on the Knicks end, and then to see this email being circulated. I mean, who is this guy to lead the Knicks? I mean, who is this guy? This guy should not be leading this franchise. It's the bottom line. You know, say whatever you want about James Dolan's NBA and and, and poor basketball acumen, not knowing who to hire and stuff like that. But when you're talking about a leader... This is not a leader. Not a leader at all. This is a guy that wants it his way, and that's it. He wants what's good for the money side of his company, so money will keep coming in. He doesn't care, really, about much else than that. And that goes two ways. It goes towards the team, and then, in this way, it goes towards us as a society. Let's finish up on a higher note. Uh... 
couple of downers, more downers than I wanted on the show this week, just because the NBA is back. I'm excited. Um, but those are issues that we have to talk about, you know, even on a podcast like this, the, I, it's the last thing I'll say about it, but the, the shut up and dribble crap, um, not, not okay. It's not okay. You know, that's like, that's like telling one of those people that are on these news shows, you know what? You don't know anything about basketball. Shut up and talk about politics. We don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear what you think. We don't want to hear your take about the Knicks. We don't want to hear your take about the the Giants. Couldn't care less. Shut up and talk about politics. Now you're and you're saying that you're giving it you're giving it the other way. That's what you are saying. Anyway, what's we'll finish on a more positive note. The NBA is back. The NBA has come back with that 22 team format. Um I'm excited. I, it's a it's a terrible transition. I know that. I can't do much better than that under the circumstances. I just wanted to give you a, a positive note, sporting wise, to finish off the show. Um, by the way, um, just want to throw a couple of things out there uh, before I before I go there. To be honest, and I, I'm sorry I keep jumping around here, um, but. Um, if you do want to help, if you do want to donate um, to different uh, organizations to help uh, with black and brown communities or minorities in general, uh, I do have a couple of suggestions. One is the Know Your Rights Camp, which is run by Colin Kaepernick. Um, it's a great place to donate money to help uh, advance the liberation and well-being of black and brown communities. Um, you don't have to donate a lot of money. You know, during now, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are struggling financially. They, you name the price, you name whatever you want to donate, and you can donate money to that campaign. Also, um, the second is the Community Justice Exchange, um, which is, I believe, um, part of a donation that'll be distributed to a local bail slash bond fund in the National Bail Fund Network to get someone free from jail or immigration detention during the COVID-19 crisis. Again, you name the price, uh, I believe, and you can donate, and then you can add a tip to the ACT Blue Charities, which help uh, get the money to the organizations that need it. So those are two organizations that I've uh, come across um, that are going to be great, uh, that are going to be really good uh, opportunities for you to help the cause financially. Um, I just wanted to pass that along because I know there's been a lot of people um, that are, you know, out there that are, you know, just frustrated. Maybe some people are just putting out black, you know, squares, maybe not doing more than that. They're just trying to show their support by just showing that they're, you know, they care or whatever by just doing it on social media. That's a way you can go a little bit beyond that to really try to help the situation uh, throughout our country and hopefully at some point uh, throughout the world as well because not, it's not just America that's dealing with with this problem. So, um, let me, again, uh, my apologies. I'm trying my best to, to transition the right way here as best I can. Let me end on a positive note. Uh, just give me my two quick thoughts on the way that, uh, this is going to, um, go with the NBA. Good news here, uh, is that July 31st is the start date for the restart of the NBA season. So, the NBA still has pretty much two months to figure out a couple of big things here. Number one is testing. 
the NBA is going to have to do a lot of testing to get this off the ground. And I said this, I think, last podcast, if memory serves. Things, you know, the testing has got to be available to, to get this off the ground. I mean, there's just no way around that. You know what I mean? They have to be able to know who's got it. And they have to test multiple times a week throughout the season to make sure another uh, another outbreak doesn't happen. You know, one of the downsides of the protests, and this is really the only one I can think of, besides the looting and, and things like that, to be fair, is that, you know, this could, you know, start another wave of the pandemic because there's no social distancing in the protest, which is natural. I mean, that's just how protests go. I get it. It makes sense to me, but I worry that that could start up another wave. Um, specifically with that in mind, you know, athletes are getting involved or friends of athletes are getting involved. And again, just because COVID-19 spread so fast, I worry that the NBA, if they don't have enough testing, might not get this off the ground. So that's got to be very, very crucial to making sure that this works. The more positive thing to that, you know, again, they'll have time to figure that out. That's the positive thing. The other positive is I think the format works. It's much similar. It's similar to the NHL format. You're trying to give all the teams that had a shot at getting to the at, at getting to the playoffs. You want to give them a chance, you know, to, to see that out. And the Wizards in the East were that one outlier that was given an opportunity because they were close enough in the standings and they will be playing these uh, play-in games, if you will, these seeding games, and then they will be playing in the NBA playoffs. And then on the other side, a number of teams in the West, including the team that voted it down, <laughs> the Trailblazers, uh, although they had, a, again, they had a pretty legitimate reason for that. They thought, they thought there were a couple of other options that might have worked better. Um, the Trailblazers, they will be one of the teams that will get a shot in the NBA playoffs because it's so tight in the West. Uh, there's only a handful of teams, I think, that miss out. So we're going to be seeing a good amount of teams in the NBA playoffs that are going to have a shot. I think it goes, if my math is correct, all the way down to the Phoenix Suns who are going to have a shot at maybe winning an NBA championship. So we'll see. There's going to be some games that we get to see early in, or, you know, late in July, early in August that'll give us a good barometer as to where the teams are at. And then we're going to go into the playoffs and we're going to crown a champion. I'm excited. It's going to be in Orlando. There's not going to be any fans, but it's NBA basketball during a really difficult time in our country's history. And I'm just excited that we're going to be seeing basketball sooner rather than later, along again, you know, with some of the other sports that are hopefully going to be coming back as well. Soccer, baseball is trying to figure out all the crap that they're dealing with. Hockey could very well be around the corner as well. They're going through their situation, trying to confirm their playoff format as well, which is pretty similar to what the NBA has in place as well. And then obviously the NFL is trying to start on time in the fall as well. So we will see what happens and I'm excited to see how this is all going to play out on the NBA side of things as well. Again, if you have any more questions about those charities, um, I don't think I can do it in the podcast itself, but on the post, postingandtoasting.com, I'm going to leave the links to those two charities in the bio, not in the bio, I'm sorry, in the body of the post 
uh, if you want to go donate to the two charities I, I talked about earlier to help the African-American and other minority communities that need it right now and always have needed it really through these last, uh, I mean, decades, really. Uh, I can't put it any other way than that. Thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. The NBA is back. That's the positives. We still have a lot uh, of good stuff coming your way as far as content. Coming up next week, I'll try to maybe give you a a prediction. Who knows uh, at this point? But the good news, we'll have more to talk about because the NBA is back. The teams are going to be healthy, presumably, and we're going to have basketball back by the end of the summer. I'm excited about that. Hopefully you are as well. And I will see you guys next week on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.